episode 43, Listener Tips for Running the Home. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Welcome back, ladies. You guys are amazing. You are so amazing. I sent out a request over the last couple episodes, if you've been keeping up to date, asking you all to send in what has helped you make household management, time management, self-care, all of it more manageable, more doable. Because the thing is that there's no one right way of doing anything. And I just love gathering a bunch of different ideas, trying different things on, seeing what works. And that really is everything that we're doing here with First Year Married, which is that I'm just offering you different ideas, right? I'm offering you a different perspective. I'm kind of trying to like jiggle loose some of the thoughts that have become really ingrained. And the truth is when you when you try it on, you're going to know. And I, the thing that I love so much about coaching is the amount of respect I have for my clients and that coaches, good coaches have for their clients, which is you're going to try it on, you're going to see. And as long as you're being honest with yourself, you're going to know if this is working for you or not. And I want to make sure that everyone here who's listening feels totally empowered that if you hear something in this episode, in any episode that doesn't sit right with you, that's not helping you, that maybe is making you feel like there's some standard you're supposed to be keeping, just let it go, right? And honestly, that's my podcast. That's any class you might take. If it's not helping you get where you want to be, no matter how correct it seems to be, you can usually get to the same goal with a different approach, right? So let's say you're taking a parenting class and there's a lot of rules and it seems really intense, but you feel like you really respect this teacher, but instead you go home and you're like completely paralyzed, right? So maybe you could get to the same kind of parenting with a different approach, right? So same thing here when we're talking about your marriage, when we're talking about adulting in general, which is what we've been talking about the last couple episodes. Try things on, but try and do it all with like a spirit of fun and openness and just a relaxed attitude because you'll find some things that really work, you'll find some things that don't, and you don't have to be locked in to any of it. Okay, that's my disclaimer (laughs) for the day. Now I want to dive into the podcast, but before I get started, I need to make sure that you all know because I've been mentioning this at the end of the podcast, but some of you might not get to the end every time. We are starting in November, the first year married Kala cohort. I have not done this before. I have actually done it for one specific group, but this time it's open to anybody who wants to join. It is a specific first year married program, custom tailored to the needs of women in the Orthodox Jewish community. So let me make one piece clear, which is that this is not a Kala class. I'm not going to be going over the relevant laws, halachas of marriage and things like that. This is all these self-coaching tools that I'm teaching you and also all of this science and research behind how men and women function differently and, and how we take care of ourselves and how we manage our minds and all the stuff that's wrapped up in the First Year Married program, but I'm tailoring it specifically to the situations and the challenges that we experience in our own community. So if you're interested, I want you to go check out firstyearmarried.com forward slash Kala, K-A-L-L-A-H. That's where you can put in your name to be registered and get the information for the first call. It's actually going to be on calls, not on video like I normally do. 
The first call will be free. I really only want people who feel like this really fits them, this really suits them. I know some of you who've already signed up are like, I'm already in. This is super exciting. They're just happy to see that this is being offered. And it's really exciting to see you guys signing up. I cannot tell you. I just love working with you. And um, the podcast is super fun, but it's a little quiet on your end. <laughs> so the first class is free. I do have a, a short form that you need to fill out because I don't want it to be such a low bar to entry that people who like really aren't even interested in taking a course are going to sign up. But if you're not sure if it's going to be right for you, I'm going to give you one class, no commitment, and then you can sign up after the class if you are in. And I cannot wait to get started on that. I'm going to answer a couple questions about that at the end of this podcast. But for now, I just want to say that if you know someone that you think might like it, so far, we have women who are, most of our women are engaged or in Shana Rishona, but we have women married 10 years and more as well. So I really am going to be focusing the language on, on the first year of marriage, but I have definitely had people come in and say, I'm doing Shana Rishona all over again. It is a beautiful and inspiring thing. We should all do Shana Rishona all over again whenever we can. So for those of you who are married longer, absolutely please join us. All right. So now we're going to get into listener tips about managing the home. I want to give a story. So I'm living in Israel now. As some of you know, I hadn't lived here. I lived here for one year as a student 10 years ago. So I have not lived here as a normal adult. <laughs> and grocery shopping is a little exhausting for me. I'm, you know, trying to read all the labels and everything. My Hebrew is not amazing yet, although I'm working on it. And um, everything is laid out differently. You know, it's just, I, I, I used to feel that even if I would go to a different part of the United States that didn't have my local chains, I would already feel a little bit sort of upended, right? So this is just a little bit more of the same. What I caught myself doing on my last grocery trip where I couldn't believe the mountain of groceries that were in my shopping cart, and I was wondering, how did I get to a situation where there is so little food in the house that I have to buy this much food? And I realized that I had a model about grocery shopping in Israel. And this is what it sounded like. The circumstance is buying food at the grocery store. The thought is it's really hard and exhausting to buy food here. So what was my action? I tried to avoid it as much as possible. I put it off as long as possible. So what was the result? When I finally did get to go grocery shopping, it was like a marathon trip. Not because... Okay, yeah, fine. We did have holidays coming up. But in addition, we didn't even have basics, right? So I wasn't even like maintaining. Where was the exhausting marathon trip coming from? Not from grocery shopping being difficult in Israel, right? It was coming from the fact that I thought it was difficult in Israel, okay? It's the same. There's food and there's prices on the food and you give your money and they give you the food and then you go home with your food and you eat it or prepare it. It's the same everywhere you go, right? Pretty much for grocery shopping. But I had this whole story about it and we always prove our stories true. So how did I prove my story true? By avoiding it, by having these strong, I didn't even say my feelings, right? So, so circumstance, grocery store or the food is at the grocery store, thought it's too difficult to go grocery shopping, feeling overwhelmed, unmotivated, confused, action, avoid grocery shopping like, you know, it has the measles. Result, I should probably shouldn't say it. avoid grocery shopping like it has lice, maybe. <laughs> um, result, when I do go grocery shopping, I have a massive trip ahead of me and it's exhausting and difficult. 
Okay, so you see how the thought actually created my situation of having a really difficult trip to the grocery store. Okay, this is so true for everything to do with our houses. And I know I talked about this already in the podcasts about the dreaded housework, parts one and two. So I'm not going to go into it too much more, but it's just a reminder that so much of this really does come down to our thought work. But again, I like tips. So we're going to do that too. So we're going to start with some motivation that I got from my listeners, you guys. Then general tips, food, self-care, and then I want to talk a little bit about how my husband and I use Wonderlist, which is an app, to stay on top of most of the things. I would say all the things, but we don't stay on top of all the things. We stay on top of most of the things, and Wonderlist helps us do that. And then I'll answer some of your questions about the November Kala cohort that I'll be hosting. Okay, so I want to start with vision. I asked people to write in what they love about their home. So I just want to read off a couple of the answers. Someone said the smell, all the colors and art, enough space but still cozy, how it feels so welcoming and homey. Someone said, I try to make my bedroom my oasis. Another person said, openness and warmth, I can't stand the chilly house. Someone else said, my cozy spot on the couch. Another, that it's mine. We spent a long time living in other people's homes for different reasons. Someone else, sunset view. I can look out for a moment, breathe, smile, and ignore the mess on the table. My kitchen island. And then she said, when it's clean. (laughs) Why did I start with this? Our brains are really habitual machines, okay? Our brains, once they know that you think a thought a lot, they're just going to go ahead and go on autopilot and think that thought automatically. But our brains are also out there to protect us. So they tend to veer towards the negative, which means when it comes to our houses, they're veering towards what's wrong, what's out of place, okay? So even the person who said, I can ignore the mess on the table, right? Your brain is telling you that that's a problem, but maybe that's just what the table needs to be used for right now, right? But our brains are going to go towards the negative and that's okay. That's just normal. They're just trying to help us sort of keep moving and fixing things and making sure that we're, we're running properly. But it also means we have to be super conscious about creating positive thoughts if we want to feel positively about our home. So I want to start by saying that if you're feeling really burnt out about housework, I want to encourage you to make an exercise out of this, okay? Here's a suggestion. I used to be an elementary school teacher. When I was first starting, there was a certain student that I felt like I was not getting through to and we did not connect. And it was really hard because, you know, I wanted to feel like we had a relationship so that I could teach her properly. And it just, you know, wasn't taking. And she kind of was becoming a little defiant and I was getting frustrated. So at a certain point, I said enough already. From now on, when I get in my car at the end of my teaching day, I'm not allowed to turn the car on until I think of something nice that I like about that girl. (laughs) Because my brain had gotten into such a negative rut that I needed to reframe. So any of you who've had children in my class, I literally cannot even remember who this girl was. It was such a long time ago. Don't worry, it's not yours. It was an amazing experience because I remember sitting there and just thinking, I could only think of like physical cute characteristics, right? In the beginning, she has an adorable smile, right? Her eyes crinkle when she smiles. And literally that's all I could think of. But I was training my brain to look for the good. And so I would sit there. It was the winter. I was in the snow. I'm sitting there freezing my car, but I'm not allowed to turn on the car until I think of something positive about this girl. And very, very quickly, like shockingly quickly, my whole attitude changed. And I remember walking to the classroom and seeing her and just having a feeling of like, oh, what a cutie, right? 
it was all the the thoughts in the beginning was my brain veering towards the negative. Oh my goodness, we're not having a connection. This isn't working. Look what's wrong with her. Look what's wrong with me, right? And then I was going into this whole spin. And when I told my brain, we're not doing that anymore. Now we're going to do this. And I think what really, really helped is that it was piggybacked onto something else. I always got in my car after work and turned on the car. So I just added to that, I can't turn on the car. So for you, if it's if you're feeling burnt out about your house, the suggestion I would make would be something along the lines of, I'm not allowed to unlock my door or take out my keys or whatever the thing is until I think of something that I like about my home. Do it for a week. This does not need to be a long-term project, but I really want to encourage you. It's a great way of just retraining your brain. And when you piggyback it like that, it's super easy. It can just fall into your, you know, like for me, keeping a notebook or something like that, it's just, it's not going to happen right now. But when I piggyback it onto something else, I'm allowed to do this once I do that, then it happens much more easily. Okay. So let's get into your general advice that you guys sent in. And I'm just going to quote you. And then if I have anything to add, then I will. Cause I think if I just read all these straight, it's going to be very boring. <laughs> so I hope you don't mind me adding my own interpretations to what you guys sent in. The first person said, remember priorities, priorities of what food needs to be made, what needs to be cleaned. Okay, I heard this once when it came to laundry following a holiday or a trip to literally pull out what you need clean for the next day. And for a year after hearing it, I didn't do it because why? I would have this huge pile of laundry and I would look at it and I would say, well, I don't need to do that because I'm going to get it all done. And then after a year, I realized I was not getting it all done and my kids didn't have anything to wear the next day. (laughs) So I finally said, you know what? I can still get it all done, but let me just start with the things I need for tomorrow just in case something comes up. So that has been a super awesome tip that I'm just adding on to hers, which is if you have a huge pile of laundry and you know you need something for the next day, just pull that out, get that washed first. But for sure, also what she's saying, what food needs to be made, just start with the most important The next person said, not letting mess accumulate. Do something each day and it'll be much easier and lighter. I wish I could like really walk the talk on this one. I love what she's saying. But one thing that I do like to remember is that I generally maintain the same level of mess with the same amount of effort. So I get to pick which level I'm at. Meaning it takes the same amount of effort to maintain a pretty tidy home as it does to maintain a pretty messy home as long as you're staying around the same level. Like I see that I generally stay around the same level. So if I can just up-level it every once in a while right, with the reset like we talked about last week, that could be really helpful. Okay, this next one is amazing. And I just want to say to all of you who didn't celebrate your holidays or aren't celebrating your holidays right now and are about to ce- and are going to be celebrating them Thanksgiving and December, I'm very jealous of you because you're about to get some amazing tips and then you actually have time to process them and use them in time for your holidays. Hopefully we will too. Okay, so she writes, years ago, I created a folder on my computer called Holidays, then different subfolders inside for each different holiday, then Docs for each year of that holiday, like Rosh Hashanah 2018. That's where my menus are from previous years, as well as other notes, such as how it was for the kids, different systems that worked, like say for Yom Kippur, which is a fast day, the pre-fast meal we had, as well as the basic schedule I made that day for the kids and what worked and what didn't work really helpful to look back on previous years and remind myself of the great ideas, fails, yummy things to make again, things that just didn't work well, like keeping kids awake for second night meal, which is always super late and was disastrous. Basically things I totally forget had I not recorded them. Okay, so that in itself is amazing. I don't really need to add to that. The only thing I do want to say is that Those of you who are like, oh my gosh, I wish I had been doing that, but I've already been married for two years. I just want to call you out right now. (laughs) 
you can start this now and it will be helpful. Okay, so don't let that perfectionism part of you come in and be like, ugh, I already missed three holidays since I got married. No, go ahead, start now. Don't even try and go back and do the ones you already did. Just move forward, okay? Next person, one of my tips for housework and a happy home is that anything that takes less than a minute to do, do it now instead of pushing it off. This can include putting a pair of socks in the laundry, washing a few dishes, or watering the plants. Genius, you guys are amazing. Next one, do it now before it piles up and becomes a job that will take so much longer to do later. I love um, Gretchen Rubin on her podcast, Happier, talks about timing yourself. At one point, she had a conversation with her sister, who she hosts the podcast with, about timing unloading the dishwasher because unloading the dishwasher always seemed like a really big job, but when she timed herself, it was only a couple minutes. And those things like the laundry that needs to be put away, the dishwasher that needs to be unloaded, The truth is I haven't even done it yet, but once I heard that, just the idea made me really realize that every time that I had one of those and I didn't want to do it, it wasn't going to take that long, right? This is such a great example of thought work because we think it takes forever. So then we like take breaks or we get ourselves ready with a good podcast or like, oh, I need comfortable shoes or like maybe I should get my coffee first or like hemming and hawing. And actually the job itself doesn't take forever, but we made it take forever because of all that. The next tip was doing the chores that make the biggest impact first. So she gave the examples of clearing off counters, making beds. Yes, I also heard this with laundry. Take the biggest things first, like the towels and the sheets, because then your pile will just shrink, and then you get so excited and motivated. Love that one. (laughs) Someone wrote, stay out of the way. I think this person is maybe not the primary housekeeper in the house. (laughs) The next one. Oh, I love this one. So someone wrote in a whole long thing about using visual space. So this is sort of like a a quirky take on it, but I just loved what she had to say. So using your refrigerator or the back of your front door or, you know, bulletin boards or bedroom doors with lists and memes and quotes, insides of cabinets. She suggested even going on Instagram and if you see a really funny or inspirational quote, just print it with your printer. And Pinterest, you can do the same thing. I personally love using the insides of cabinet doors. So I'll, I'll have to post some pics this week on Instagram just of different things that we have. All right, you guys ready? We're going to move on to food. So one person wrote, I've wasted so much time trying to cook and do things from scratch or the long way because I thought there was nobility in that. My tip, don't be hard on yourself and take shortcuts if it helps. Buy challahs, pre-made dips, frozen or pre-cut veggies, and don't feel bad about it. Love this. Next one, someone actually wrote in a question for me about the menu template that I talked about in the previous episode. I said that I I sort of have themed nights as opposed to actual recipes, and that way it gives me a little bit more room to wiggle around. So she asked me to share my recipes, and my answer to her is, as much as I would love to do that to help you, you don't want my recipes. (laughs) So like my taco night was I literally would look at what's on the taco on the taco box in the picture, and then I would base my grocery list off that, and then I would just choose meat or dairy since I keep kosher. Burrito beans, cheese, whatever vegetables I thought I could put in there, like peppers, okay? Um, So again, I'd be so happy to help, but I I just don't think that my, you know, Google was always my friend in the kitchen. It continues to be my friend, Pinterest also. You know, noodles with vegetables. That was like, you know, that was a big one. I would just stir fry a bunch of vegetables, mushrooms, onions, peppers, and put that on top of or next to noodles with cheese and sauce. The end, right? Um, And the truth is, like, I do want to encourage some of you Don't be a perfectionist when you're making your menu plan, right? Don't, you're not going gourmet right now. We want to keep it super, super simple. And if you want to like up level one, maybe one night a week, 
or maybe try out new recipes on Shabbos Friday night with your husband and then see if you want to add them to your rotation. But at the same time, some people, I know, I know a young couple that they did sushi salad, right? And they used to have that on Shabbos and they loved it. And they were like, well, why can't I have this on Tuesday? It's not so hard. Keep it super simple when you're working on your recipes. Okay, the next person wrote in, I buy tons of chicken cutlets and chicken bottoms on Sunday and freeze in Ziplocs already spiced. You guys, if you have not discovered like the Pinterest world of batch cooking, please go to Pinterest and Google batch cooking. (laughs) Because if you have a Sunday afternoon where you and your husband could just go grocery shopping and then hang out and batch cook and stick stuff in Ziplocs and put them in the freezer, whoa, that is like a total game changer. Someone else suggested a cookbook. I don't know this one, but it's called Fix, Freeze, Feast. So we're going to have to check that one out. She says it's the best thing. Sounds very similar, actually, to what the person before said. This is super cute. The next woman wrote in, cook with my husband. Fun, connective, productive activity. And another one wrote, make food a form of quality time with your husband. You guys, you're so doing it. Okay. And then she says, shop and cook together and let it be fun. I love that. I want to just point out two bonuses about this. So number one is you... If you're a newlywed, you probably have more time for this now than you will a few years from now, right? And the other thing is that whoever does end up being more in charge of food, you know, as your family grows or you get busier with work or whatever happens, some of you I know, like you go the opposite direction. It's super crazy right when you get married. But for a lot of you, it gets, it ramps up, right? And if one of you sort of takes over food, then that person's going to know the other person's preferences really well because you cook together in the beginning. So that's really cool. Okay, this is a super important one. Plan your menu before you hit the grocery store. Someone else wrote, always go to the grocery store with a list. And again, I want to encourage you, you don't need to go overboard on the menus here. I want to challenge anyone who has not done menu planning to do the simplest menu you can. Make your list off of that menu, okay? You want to add in then like anything else that you need other than dinners, right? Because you need lunches, you need breakfast, you need snacks. Take that list and go shopping with that list, okay? Don't start menu planning by opening up a cookbook. Just think about the the meals you already know how to make, you already know what's in them, and then if you want to open up a cookbook, again, add one or two meals, one or two new dishes at a time, go for it, right? But don't start there. I'm I'm telling you this because I've done it, and it's painful. (laughs) It's not good. Okay, another person wrote, she, she does meal prep on Mondays and Thursdays. Love that. There's a lot of things you can do chopping onions, chopping vegetables, sauteing things that you can have ready for the next couple of days. Someone else said lists and start cooking Thursday night for Shabbos. It gives you a less stressful Friday. The Instagram handle garlic and ganache wrote to follow her page because she gives newly married cooking tips all the time. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Another woman wrote, make it a date night at home to cook and prep things for Shabbos. Turn on music too. Find out what he likes to do with prep. She gave the example that her husband loves using the immersion blender. I love that. The next one said, allowing myself using thought work to allow my husband to do the grocery shopping. Thought work like he will know what to get, even if it's not the quote unquote right brand and giving him the list, right? I would even recommend like whatever he gets will be fine, would be another optional thought for that one. Using cooking, cleaning time to call a friend, listen to a podcast, watch a show, more enjoyable. Love that one. I actually, when I'm getting ready for Passover, which those of you who do the whole Passover thing, no, is a lot of cooking and cleaning. I downloaded, I bought myself the entire Harry Potter audiobook series, which if you haven't listened to, is phenomenal. And I'm only allowed to listen to it when I'm cooking or cleaning. 
and basically it's extremely motivating. So I love that one. It's definitely one I do. Next person wrote, freeze, make things in batches like soup, meat, et cetera, and freeze. And so I just want to encourage you guys, if it might seem crazy to use a chest freezer this early in your marriage, but honestly, if you're buying a lot of frozen vegetables and if you're prepping and freezing food, it might be worth considering. Okay, I also want to give some tips. This is super exciting. Rena Reiser from Mind Over Munchies, who was actually my first interview on this podcast, episode 19. So go check it out if you haven't heard it. She gave a whole amazing answer. So she said, think about what you eat over the course of a typical day plus Shabbos. Break it down into specifics. Create a general shopping list based on that. Create menus for the week and break it down into tasks like peel carrots, potatoes, sweet potatoes, wash lettuce, dry, defrost chicken. Use the same shopping list from week to week with tweaks to the current menu. So she's the pro, so we're just going to listen to her. <laughs> All right, I want to give your tips on self-care now. First, a couple thoughts. All of us have had the thought, I don't have time for self-care. And I want to offer to you that you can just say, I hear you, brain, and I'm on to you, and that's a dirty, mean lie. <laughs> okay? Just don't go there. Just don't go there. We don't, it's not fun to be a martyr. It's not fun to have a pity party. When you go into that place, oh, I just can't have self-care. And it's like very angry and angsty. I just want to offer you, it's literally just a thought. I've also noticed lately how hard it is for me to do my self-care. Even if it's on the schedule and I can do it, it still sometimes takes motivation or effort. I have to get myself to do it. So currently, what are the things on my self-care list right now? It's an extremely challenging weekly yoga class, and it's socializing. I don't really ever want to go, <laughs> okay? But I'm always happy after the fact. So this is where planning your schedule, if you haven't heard zero-based scheduling from very early on, I think that's like episode four. If you haven't heard that, go check that one out. But if you schedule yourself in advance, including self-care activities, it helps so much because what you do is when you're scheduling it, you're in the prefrontal cortex and you're saying, I know I'm going to need this. So you put it into the calendar. And then when you're actually doing the calendar, you're just in execution mode. You don't get to reevaluate now, right? So I'll say to myself, oh, I don't want to go to yoga, but it's on my schedule. If I hate it, then I won't put it on my calendar for next week. And then I always love it and it always goes back on my calendar. So here are some tips on self-care that were sent in by you guys. The first person said prayer, meditation, and positive thoughts. Someone else, I love this one, that sometimes you just need to start with something, even if it isn't the perfect thing. Oh my gosh, how many of us are waiting to take care of ourselves until we figure out exactly what we need to fill all the buckets, right? But just do something. Oh my God, this, you, these are so good. These are so good. Okay. You don't need to feel bad about creating a life in which you aren't super busy. Aren't super busy. Right? This is amazing. I was, I was in this place recently. I'm not going to say where. And all the ladies were talking about how they were up until like 2 o'clock at night in the morning. And then the next one like two, was until 2.30. And I was like, oh, I was up until 1. I was just sitting there like, oh, I'm just opting out, <laughs> like whatever this weird competition is you guys are having. So yeah, we some, live in this culture where we think busy means important and it's just a lie. You don't feel bad about it, right? So thank you for putting that one in. That's amazing. The next person said that it means self-care means tuning into your needs in the moment and addressing them. The next one, get the things done that take up brain space, pay bills, dry cleaning, less on the checklist, 
and then she put in a happy emoji. So there's a book called Eat the Frog where they talk about doing the one thing that you least want to do first thing in the morning. That's like a whole idea. And I like that she put this one in because nobody else mentioned this, but sometimes the list, just dealing with the list is almost a form of self-care in itself, right? Because it just gives you that feeling of accomplishment. Like maybe that's what you're craving right now. Someone else wrote, divide self-care into needs and wants. So I love this, but also be fair with yourself about what your needs are, right? Needs doesn't mean like, you're not going to say self-care. I actually need like a roof over my head. That's not self-care, <laughs> right? But what are the things where you're really not functioning properly? You're not at your best, right? And then wants can be sort of bonus. We've all heard the metaphor of the oxygen mask that if you're on an airplane, they always tell the parents, secure your oxygen mask first and then you can help other people. And I know it's overused, but it really is important to remember sometimes, right? And this is one area where I find that I really learned from my husband because he knows that if he doesn't get this much sleep, he will not be functional. He's no good to anyone, right? He really, really gets it. And so he puts those physical self-care needs right at the top of the to-do list so that he can be helpful, so that he can be involved, so he can be present. And I, every time I see him do that, I just try to remind myself, like, this gives me permission to do it too. Not that I needed permission, but if I needed it, there it is. All right, I want to talk briefly about how we use this app called Wonderlist. Now, you wouldn't have to use this particular app. I'm not like, you know, a, I'm not like an affiliate for them or anything. But any list in which you can make a checklist and both of you can access it from your phone. Obviously, this only works if you have a smartphone, but we're just going to assume that for now. So we have a couple different lists on Wonderlist. And again, we can both access it, add to it, check things off from our phones. So the first one is obviously the grocery list. Okay, this is super helpful because we don't have to go running to the, to the refrigerator or anything when we think of something to go on the grocery list. We just put it in and he can put his things in, I can put my things in, and then it's all there. In theory, you could use a list like this to have a running basics list. And then when you finished something that was more unusual that you don't normally have, you would just delete that. And then you could sort of put everything back on the list each time. We don't do that, but you could if you wanted to. Another one is we use Wonderlist for, we have a list called family errands and to-dos. Now this list is super helpful. It helps for accountability. Sometimes I'll put something on there if I'm like, I'm not confident I'm going to execute on this. I'm not sure I'm going to get this done. I'm going to put it on this list because then I know that we've got two pairs of eyes on it. And when we meet together, when we have time where we sit down together and we're talking business and we're talking house and we're talking family, we're going over that list and we're seeing what things on that list we need to prioritize and bring to the top of the list and get done now. It helps with overwhelm because when you have all those things running through your head and you're trying to remember them, it's a lot to stay on top of. But if you're just putting all those things down on a list, you're good to go. The last one is communication. It's probably not the last one, but the last one I thought of right now is communication. When we think of the to-do is usually not the right time to talk about the to-do, right? So if we're in the middle of bath time and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to file taxes, like not helpful, right? But if I put it down on a list and same as the calendar, you have to have a time where you're going to go over the list. Otherwise, it's not helpful. But if you do have that time booked where you're going to go over it together, then it can really help. So sometimes, I'll, as I said with accountability, sometimes I'll put something on there that's totally my domain. And honestly, sometimes he's like, do you want me to just do that for you? Right? And other times he's like, what do you, you know, how can I support you? Because I say to him, I'm having a lot of trouble getting this one done. So I'm putting it on our list. So just want to encourage you guys to have some kind of list like that. It's super helpful. It also creates that kind of team environment. 
The last one we have on Wonderlist is our Erev Shabbos checklist. So I said in the last episode, we used to have this inside a framed picture with like a dry erase marker. Now we have it on Wonderlist. I might go back to the framed picture, but since we just moved to a new home with all new appliances and everything, I'm still making sure we have the right things on there. I don't want to bother with the whole checklist until I've got it right. But that's also very helpful because, again, we can both reference the list. No one is in charge of it. We can both get to it, and so we can both get through the list together. And all we have to say is, where are we holding on the list, right? Okay, so I hope you guys have taken away a couple ideas. If you have, I would encourage you to just write down two or three things that you want to try and implement. We've got a lot of themes here, like a lot of making your lists was definitely a theme and different things using cooking time is time to spend with your husband. I love these ideas. Um, thank you all so much for sending in your ideas. I wanted to answer a couple questions that came in about the November course. That's the last thing I'm going to talk about. So if you're not, you've already done first, you're married. Otherwise, why are you not taking the course? Um, <laughs> then you are, you know, I will see you again here next week. If you want to hear more about the course, I'm going to talk about it now. Okay, so the first question was, when is it? The first call, this is again the free call, is November 10th, 9 p.m. Israel time, which is 2 o'clock Eastern. Now, that's when I will be doing the call. The recordings are going to be recorded and sent out to everybody by email. I think you can access it from, from your computer. You can for sure access it by dialing in and listening to the recording. So I don't anticipate everybody being able to listen live. That's not the way this is designed. So don't worry about that. So the next person says, is it in person? I mean, it's live in that it's on the phone, but it's not in person as in you have to live here where I live. And the next person said, I can't listen every time. So basically the way that it works is that I'm going to start off the first class by giving the 30 minute class. It's about 30 minutes long. After that, I'm going to take any questions that people who are on the call have. That's the first class. When I get to the second class, I'm going to start by answering questions that were sent in by people who listened to the first class and either were there live but weren't comfortable asking it or they didn't have the question yet or they weren't there live and they sent in their questions, okay? So you send in your questions. You have to get it in by the next class for me to answer it just because I want to give you kind of that accountability of staying on top of it. And then I'll start off the next class by answering questions about the previous class, then teaching the new material, and then again, there'll be time for Q&A if we have it at the end of that class, okay? So somebody asked if they could take it if they've been married longer. Absolutely. When you take first year married, if you take any version of first year married, you have access to all the versions of first year married. That means you have the online course if you ever want to review it that way. Um, obviously, I request you don't share it with other people because they haven't bought it yet. And if any subsequent course comes out, if it's, if it's a first year married course, then that is also something that you'll have access to. How much does it cost? It's the exact same as the online program, which is $289. That includes, actually for this cohort, that includes a WhatsApp chat. We're not using Facebook. And the WhatsApp chat is going to be totally optional. It's going to be mostly reminders, but it also includes a 30-minute one-on-one session, which you can have to ask any of your questions totally privately, how to implement the materials, certain situations that are coming up with you and your husband that you don't want to talk about on the, on the call. So that is included in the price, which is super awesome. Okay, and the last thing is just to clarify that the way that it works, you go to firstyearmarried.com forward slash Kala, K-A-L-L-A-H. There's a form there that you fill out. Um, the form does not commit you to taking the course, and it just gives me a little bit more of an idea of who's coming in so that I can make sure that the material is as perfectly tailored to you as possible. It also makes sure that I'm only getting people here who really are interested in a course. 
If you listen to the first class and it's not for you, then absolutely there is no obligation. However, I hope that all of you will love it. If you're a podcast listener, you probably already have a pretty good idea of whether this is going to be for you. And hopefully all of you will continue and we'll do the whole course together. Form is very short. It's four questions and then you are going to get the call-in information by email a little bit closer to the call date. Okay, if you have any other questions, please send them in to me. Thank you again, all of you, for these tips and ideas and your own personal motivations about taking care of the home. I hope this gives everyone a little bit more peace of mind and positivity about this part of our lives. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 